bro, you got you got to know about this movie. Um, see, it was supposed to just be a fun little birthday treat, and it turns out Keanu Reeves can see the future. Do we actually know about this movie? Like, even after we watch it, like, do we know anything? I feel like we do. I know that they had a warning about 2021 and they didn't take it. <laughs> Back with Johnny and Spider. Johnny has part of the key, but it's not significant enough to decrypt his brain. So they suggest they go see Jones. Except for, suddenly, comes an assassin. The introduction to this character is him FaceTiming through an iPad in his Bible. And he kills Spider. He is dressed as Jesus. He has a crucifix dagger. He has so many one-liners that we should have written down. The only ones of which I can remember now is literally just appears on screen, hands up, and goes, Jesus time! (laughs) I love this character so much. What is he doing here? I don't know if he is just a crazed preacher or if he believes he's Jesus. They kind of confused that throughout this, I'm gonna be so honest. I don't think the distinction really matters. All that matters is that this guy fucking introduced himself in a fight scene by saying, Jesus time. Welcome back to You Got to Know, Redux. Oh, yeah. We uh, had to re-record this uh, episode. Because fuck the mouse. The mouse. We need a ceasefire now. And we are not going to talk about any DCOMs uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. The mouse. You know? Because nostalgia doesn't matter when there are people dying. Yeah. So long as Palestinians are dying, we are not supporting Disney in any way, shape, or form on You Got to Know. This is not a Disney household. Alright. Today, uh, I... I need to give, like, okay, listen. I'm listening. Today's recommendation for, like, the modern show, I technically, technically, um, we could talk about the precursor to this in the future, but I don't think we will because it is so steeped in uh, 2000s recession era television, but Leverage Redemption... It is the sequel series to the classic, like, late 2000s, 2010 series, Leverage. I've only seen the first episode of that one. It it gives me too many flashbacks to 2008 to be able to comfortably watch it. But Leverage Redemption, which is just an all-over beautiful show, but also happens to star Noah Weil, one of my favorite comedy actors ever... Um, this show is just such a delight. This is, and I say this as someone with a deep autistic love for heists, this is the most autistic heist show I have ever watched. I feel so seen. I'm intrigued now. Okay, listen, I'm going to use you as a Trojan horse because I have harassed your boyfriend to watch this because he loves Leverage so much, but I have not heard a fucking peep from him about if he has watched Leverage Redemption yet. So I am telling you 
You need to watch this. You're gonna love Parker. You're gonna love so you, to watch it. So you so you can subject my boyfriend to your brainworms too. Yes, you are my Trojan horse. He's going to love it because this show is so fucking good. No, this show is genuinely hilarious. Like it is, I. It's not perfect, but Lavar Burton gets to be a badass. I don't know who that you is. You shut your fucking mouth right now, reading fucking Rainbow. I'm go. I hmm. did you? I can see the face in my mind, but he he I... was like Jordy on the ne- on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh yeah, no, I know who he. I, I know who you're talking about now. And and he was the host of Reading Rainbow. I never learned his name. And also, fun fact: Riker is a producer and director on. Uh, Leverage Redemption. It's also made by all the same people that did The Librarians. And I'm not just saying that to talk about The Librarians. It's actually kind of weird and one of the selling points I was given about Leverage Redemption. Hmm. I mean, hey, Dean Devlin, he makes good shows. He he works with a great team of people. I I have yet to see one of his shows that I didn't love. So... I will say, this movie I hadn't seen before today. Uh, Usually I have seen it before. But this one, I only knew about it because I used to love, well, I still love watching um, um, those, like, source material versus movie or TV show channels like Dominic Noble or Cinefix. And this was one of them. I don't remember which of them talked about Johnny Pneumatic, but... I absolutely could not forget about this. I mean, it's a Keanu Reeves sci-fi dystopia movie from 1995. And if Keanu Reeves is good for anything, it is a sci-fi action movie. Yeah, seriously. Like, I truly do not understand why he was so hated when we were kids, because... This movie, this movie's from 1995. I adore this movie. Like I said before, the world was not ready for him yet. Now it is. They weren't. Because this seriously feels like a campier, it feels like a campier John Wick. It does. I have only seen the first John Wick movie. I still need to watch the rest of them, but it it feels like that. He's a lot quippier. Mm -hmm. He's a bit, he's, uh... He's doing that gravelly voice thing he does because he used to do that very, like, almost a Batman growl, it sounded like. But also, when he talks, I'm I'm used to, like, the Bill and Ted Keanu Reeves. When I think (laughs) of Keanu Reeves, that's what I'm thinking of, not Not Johnny Pneumatic. Oh my god. Not. That is- I want room service! That is- that yeah that is a very big contrast i like i love when he plays the just deranged characters yeah and this guy he's just so fed up with the world this guy has had enough of everyone else's and the entire movie is just him having to deal with everyone else's anyway in 2021 society is driven by a virtual internet which has created a degenerate effect called nerve 
Oh God, I can't say that word. It's called NAS. It's something to do with nerves like misfiring. Send me the words. Word. Word. Attenuation. Nerve attenuation syndrome. NAS for short, just to make it easier on my dyslexia. And <laughs> mega corporations control much of the world, intensifying the class hostility already created by NAS. They predicted late stage capitalism during COVID. This was way too on the nose oh. for a movie that came out almost. This movie came out almost 30 years ago next year. Oh my god. I keep forgetting that this movie only came out like the year before I was born. Yeah. And I was just like... This movie came out in May of 1995. So... Not only was just the general setting a little bit too on the nose, but also the way that they talk about their tech, I find very fascinating because actually it's really, really spot on. With, like, the way that they talk about it. Everything looks cooler than it actually is now, mm -hmm. but... And there's a lot of things that they did predict very well. Don't have brain implants yet. At least ones that won't kill you. Yeah, we don't have good brain implants yet. But we do have uh, headset VR. I will say, it doesn't look nearly as cool. I find it very fascinating that the... Massive amounts of storage space that they're talking about. They talk about a lot of numbers of gigabytes. Yeah. And the ones, like, the values that they're talking about, shockingly spot on yeah. to what we have now. They kind of undershot a little bit, I think, yeah. compared to now. But considering that one gig was a lot of space mm -hmm. back in 2004, yeah. honestly... Like, very good prediction for how much a lot of storage space would yeah. be. Because Johnny, played by Keanu Reeves, is a uh, mnemonic carrier. Uh, basically, he has an implant in his brain where he gave up 80 gigs worth of space of memory to put an implant to be able to carry 80 gigs of information for clients. He gets it upgraded to, like, 160, which isn't much more than my phone. Yeah, the average, like, higher-end storage phone has 126. Yeah, I think mine's, like, 128. Yeah, 128, that's what I meant. That's the right number. But it's it's kind of interesting how much space like that is now knowing what having that much space is like actually i have to google something real quick hang on but even besides that um the world's kind of descended into this uh, chaos because there's this disorder caused by uh advanced internet use or whatever <laughs> their excuses and because of that half the world is disabled uh, ugh, feeling a little close to COVID. Hey, so I just did a Google oh, no. search. It looks like, um, scientists asking the big questions have found that the human brain was testified to have equal to 2.5 million gigabytes of storage. Okay, so he would not have lost as much memory as he did. He would not have had to give up, like, his childhood memories. 
in order to store 80 gigs of space. Because that's the whole thing, is the memories he gave up to be a mnemonic carrier were of his childhood. And he's trying to do one last mission to be able to get those memories fully restored. Uh, And he does, he has this really weird meeting with some scientists, um, which I love their style. The styling of this whole movie, I just, it's... Things are very aesthetically pleasing. There, There's certain sci-fi which I love, which is sci-fi that gives the barest attempt to actually modernize the technology. Like, they still had blue screen typed out interfaces on a lot of stuff, if it wasn't VR. Which, to be fair, you can do that now if you have a certain thing you need to be doing. And they were doing some very certain things. So perhaps if we were doing the kind of stuff that they were doing, we would be using the, um, the, what's it called? I forget what it's called. Unfortunately, the data that they want exceeds his memory capacity, even when it's compressed. But he still agrees with a fee so that he can get the device removed. Except he doesn't tell them that he's overloaded. So that means he has to get all of this removed within a few days or he is going to have fatal brain damage. And it will completely corrupt the data. There will be like neural seepage, I think they called it. Neural seepage, yes. There was the word seepage used in there. And the way this works is there are three images. I believe it's one Johnny Keeps... And then two, they fax off to their friends in Newark. So that's what they do. And then uh, some, I think it was Yakuza, come in and shoot them all. Violence! I can't remember if the Yakuza have come into the picture I'm by now. I'm pretty sure they've been, like, around. And, um, listen, here's the thing. The leader of the Yakuza uses a laser whip. Yeah! The, there were some very cash money um, weapons used yeah. in this. Because in the process of this movie, we will see him use it as a regular whip, as a garrote, and to slit someone's throat. It's kind yeah. of... Like, that's kind of fucked up in the best way. Like, that is prime world building. I love the idea of, like, a laser garage. It was so cool. This is the kind of stuff that, like, an eight-year-old boy would think is the coolest shit ever. Yeah, and I am an eight-year-old boy at heart. <laughs> Are we all? I just remembered a TikTok speaking of eight-year-old boys that, um... Oh, no. It was someone... You remember those old lightsabers that were spring-based, not yeah. flicked? Um yeah. It was about those and talking about why you don't see them anymore, why they disappeared. Oh, they no. were recalled because of injury. Just like everything else that was cool back then. Yeah, because kids were like pointing it at their faces. To which all I can think was laughing because my cousins and I used those to take gut shots at each other. Remember? Remember Sky Dancers? Yeah. Me and used to shoot those at each nice. other down the stairs in her house. Nice. Like, we would literally shoot them from the top of the stairs down to the other standing at the bottom. <laughs> nice. But, but, I mean, we would also throw fistfuls of uh, the, the, like, 
the super bouncy bouncy balls at the wall in her room as hard as we could mm-hmm. and try to dodge them without getting hurt. So like kids just like injuring themselves. Yeah. I think it's just I don't I don't know what it is, but the children just really like injuring themselves. Yeah. Uh so it's enrichment. So yeah, the Yakuza come in and they grab some of the encryption key because it takes three images to encrypt and decrypt Johnny's brain. And uh, Johnny is able to get one too. Uh, Shinji, who is leading the Yakuza, contacts his boss, Takahashi. They end up revealing that they are working on behalf of Pharmacom. This company... I mean, it's big pharma. (laughs) This is... Literally big pharma. Yeah, and their whole thing is that... um, How funny, this was a plot on leverage redemption. Uh, Treating the disease is more profitable than curing it. So they are trying to hide the cure that they have developed. Spoiler alert, that's not revealed until way later. Um, we don't actually know yeah. anything beyond the fact that they're working for Pharmacom. And we don't know what's in uh, our boy's head. Yeah. So everyone's heading to Newark because that's where uh, everything was being faxed over and sent. And Johnny uh, goes to find his handler, Ralphie. But shocker, he's been betrayed and delivered straight to Yakuza. And there's this bald guy that he's been fighting throughout this. There's this bald guy working with the Yakuza who, like, I love that guy. He is a fun baddie. He's he's quippy. He's a dick. But it's funny. Keeps calling him baldy. It's it's so silly. Yeah. (laughs) At some point in their fights, they end up uh, running into the low techs, which, oh my god, wait, no, I almost totally forgot about Jane. <laughs> nice. Throughout all of this, uh, there is a bodyguard who's trying to get a job called Jane, and she is slightly cybernetically enhanced. She's not as enhanced as others. I'm still pretty vague about how enhancements work in this world, whether that's like a common thing or like a looked down upon thing. Either way, she also has NAS and she's got the shakes, so she can't get any work. And she ends up agreeing to work with Johnny because Basically, they're going to try and take Johnny's head and they're going to try and get the info out of his brain. Or he could pay Jane more than they can and she'll get him out of there. (laughs) So he agrees to pay her. Except he doesn't actually pay her right away. So she's just like, okay, well, I'm not going to be leaving you alone until I get my money. So then she's his problem. Yep. They also run into... uh, more of the low techs, as they're called, including J-Bone, who is played by Ice-T. And it's really funny because it gives the exact same effect as when he was in Law and Order SVU and would just say things from the setting just as Ice-T. It's, it's really funny. Yeah, I think this might be my favorite role of his. 
this is your favorite flavor of iced tea. Yeah, it is. And I love dystopian iced tea. It is a delightful experience. Especially because uh, if anyone has seen Dark Angel, uh, you remember Eyes Wide Open. And his character has a very similar transmission thing. But it's it's kind of sillier. Because when we first see it, it's literally him. Like, his face just flashes up in, like, pixels on his screen. It's just like, wake up, zombie people! Disappears into the digital ether. <laughs> wake up, sheeple. Wake up, sheeple. And he does that throughout the movie. And never with the same effects as that one time, though. Which I find so disappointing because the styling of this is just so great it was a very aesthetic forward movie which is great because we were confused for quite a lot of it yeah because here's the thing okay there are movies where you can't keep track of what's going on you have no idea of what's going on at any time but you're there for the vibe there's times where you can't uh, pay attention and you like space out or are paying attention to other stuff for major portions of it, but you can follow along. This is somewhere in the gray area where I perfectly followed what was happening, but I had no idea what was happening at any time when yeah, I checked I back in. And it wasn't that I was checking out for large swaths of it. If your mind wandered even a little bit about the lore, like, if you thought about the movie, you lost track of where you were in the movie. Yeah, because it is so fast-paced. It is, it is a very easy and like, slowly dripped information kind of movie, but the actual physical actions, despite not having a lot of action itself, except for a few parts, like, it, it, is, a, it is a paradox of a movie. The pacing was also rather interesting at that point. I think the pacing changed a little bit then, because it didn't start out quite as, like, fast-paced in terms of the content you were receiving until, like, a certain point through. And there are some parts where, like, it's... I don't know. I'm really glad that you hadn't watched this movie, too, because now you get to know what it's like being me all the time. <laughs> this is just what my brain feels like, dude. They end up going to Spider, who's a doctor, and is the one who gave Jane her implants because she's stroking out. She's... She needs to go to the hospital. And Spider takes them there, and they end up revealing that they were intended to have the scientist's data that was stolen from uh, Pharmacom and has the cure for NAS on it. He's got the cure in his brain. Yeah. The cure for everything. They're gonna have to hack his brain to get it out. And Ice-T says it exactly like that. Yeah. In, like, Ice-T voice, and it's so funny. It, it makes me think of all of the weird fucked up lines that he delivered on SVU, just, like, the way he just normally talks. Like, it legitimately, you could have shown me that soundbite of Ice-T towards the end of this movie saying... You're going to have to hack your brain or whatever it specifically was about hacking brains. 
I could have believed that that was a soundbite from, like, a hacker episode of SVU. Yeah. That, that is exactly. And I love every second of it. I love every single word that comes out of this man's mouth in this movie. He is just a treat every time we get him. My brain, uh, I have lost my train of thought. I can hear the dial-up noises from here. I um, just remember Ice-T. Uh, hacking brains. The, the cure is in his brains. I have to hack them to get them out. Yeah, so uh, with back with Johnny and Spider. Johnny has part of the key, but it's not significant enough to decrypt his brain. So they suggest they go see Jones at the low-tech base. Um, except for suddenly comes an assassin that Takahashi uh, hired. And here's the thing. Um, here, Here's, okay, the introduction to this character is him FaceTiming with Takahashi through an iPad in his Bible. And I don't mean just set in there. I mean, oh yeah, this is inlaid. It's the introduction of Jesus, man. He is called the street preacher, and he attacks them, and he kills Spider. He is dressed as Jesus. He has a crucifix dagger. He has so many one-liners that we should have written down. The only ones of which I can remember now is literally just appears on screen, hands up, and goes, Jesus time! (laughs) I love this character so much. What is he doing here? I don't know if he is just a crazed preacher or if he believes he's Jesus. They kind of confused that throughout this, I'm going to be so honest. I don't think the distinction really matters. All that matters is that this guy fucking introduced himself in a fight scene by saying, Jesus time. I think that's all we need to know. he kills everyone. He kills everyone. He kills everyone. Everyone is dead. He did send them all to meet Jesus. And he's doing it all, well, like, quoting scripture gleefully. He's, this is a deranged person, and I love him. I, 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 this man is off. I'm struggling. I am struggling to think about this guy, because there's so much I am thinking but so little I can verbalize because he just... He is a character. He's one of the most characters ever. I I cannot emphasize enough. He has the fanciest f***ing Jesus crucifix dagger. It is... He is so happy to be killing people and sending them off to judgment. He is skilled in... He knows Kung Fu. He knows um, <laughs> Kung Fu. The Jesus man knows Kung Fu. I can't wait for you to watch The Matrix. I also cannot wait for me to watch The Matrix. Because Keanu Reeves will look at Jack Crawford from Hannibal and he will say, I know Kung Fu. Remember when we were watching Hannibal? That was fun. Yeah. So they go to the low tech base. Ice T shows them Jones. 
this hacker from the Navy who can help decrypt Johnny's payload. And this is where I'm a little disappointed because I have somewhat knowledge of the... I don't think it's a book. I think it's a short story that this is based on. Because the movie only portrays half of the bizarreness of Jones being a dolphin. Yeah. Because I'm fairly certain in the short story he can speak. But I know 110% sure that he's addicted to cocaine. We'll return to your regularly scheduled programming after this message. A 60th anniversary event. Uh, hello? I am the Arbiter. My one mission, my only reason for being, is to find the cause of the universal chaos. I don't know where it started, or how it started, but I know that the Doctor is involved. Somehow. Ah, that Arbiter fellow, yes. My memories seem to be readjusting just by looking at you. Ah, how nice to see you. See you found your way to this lovely, dim-lit, somewhat intimidating ship too. In collaboration with Spectral Horizons. Yes, the uh, chaos you mentioned before. Well, I can tell you first and foremost that it had absolutely nothing to do with me. I have no interest in causing that kind of pandemonium. No, it won't end like this. I refuse to ever accept that, and nothing matters. All that is gone! All of it! The universe is dying around you. All those lives snuffed out because you would rather play make-believe than be the doctor. What have you done? You have had confidence. You have changed your appearance again. Yet, simply fault remains embedded in you like Took you long enough. Patient of quarks. Are you quite a right, child? Are those Yetis? Our time is running out. Then let's go. But it's your choice. Bomb or maniac. The choice. The choice to exist or to live. The choice to stay or to go. The choice for life or destruction. It is always your choice every time we meet. A choose-your-own-adventure event. Perhaps we can use it to prevent this dead end of a future from ever occurring. Find a different route, a different way to win. The Arbiter is here to help. Are you sure of that, Doctor? It is your choice. Where will the investigation begin? Doctor Who and coming soon. And now back to Johnny Mnemonic. But I know 110% sure that he's addicted to cocaine. It was very, like, I'm sure in the setting it introduced better the Dolphin Man. But in this, it was so fast-paced, it was like, 
Why is there a dolphin here? And also, a lot of the sound effects that they were using for this dolphin were not dolphin noises. It was gross. It was weird. I do not like the sound effects that they used for this dolphin. They also used the most generic dolphin sound effect ever at one point. <laughs> it was like, it was either, that's not a dolphin, or that is the dolphin sound effect. <laughs> I need another drink of water. Get hydrated, idiot. Oh, great, I choked. Bro! <coughs> it goes in your tummy, not in your lungs. I'm trying. You're not doing a very good job. <laughs> I will not choke to death today. I believe in you. Don't choke to death. It's not good for okay. your health. Oh, fun fact. We're never going to watch this show on the podcast, but in Gilmore Girls, one of the characters, she's like 15. Mm-hmm. Two years before that, that actress played an adult mother on ER. Oh, my God. She was 27 when she was on Gilmore Girls. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just remembered that. I could do that, probably. <clears throat> I could definitely yeah. play a teenager in a TV show. Especially if you just slap glasses on, because that's what they did for her. I don't even need glasses. I just look like a teenager. Yeah. My face stopped aging, but my joints decided to make up for it. So, Joan starts his procedure to try and decrypt Johnny's brain with only one of the images to decrypt the cure. That is when Shinji and the Yakuza attack. Woohoo! Yakuza moment. We get to see him use the laser whip as a garage it's and up. chop a dude's head it's off. It's up and it's beautiful and it's violent. And all I can think is like this laser effect for 1994 is so good. I feel like in most effects I see like this before like I want to say 1998 it usually looks like utter dog <laughs> Takahashi appears and he confronts Johnny until it turns out that Shinji has betrayed them dun, dun, dun. and shoots down Takahashi. Dun, dun, dun. But this whole time also, he's being talked down because it turns out Takahashi's daughter has recently died. Before she died of NAS was when Pharmacom created the cure. And so he's getting told this. and He's being told that he's been betrayed by Pharmacom. They're using him when they let his daughter die. And that's when he gets shot. Rip. So Johnny and Shinji fight. Which ultimately leads to Johnny uh, cutting off Shinji's head uh, with his own laser wire. Very sexy of with him. his own laser whip. Very sexy of him. I, I love it. I love this laser weapon. I love laser weapons. This is why I love lightsabers. Like, give me a good laser weapon that's not a gun. I love a laser pistol, but a laser pistol is the default. Physical laser weapons. Physical weapons, but like, with lasers. build off it. Please, please It doesn't please, have please. to be ranged. It can be weird and fucked up. It could be a whip. But also, I don't mind ranged if it's not a gun. Yeah. Laser crossbow. Laser arrows. Cool. That's cool. Laser as hell. guns are just basic <coughs> tomfoolery. Could be worse. Could be better too. I feel like laser darts, where there is like, like shooting, still has a lot of skill to it with a laser gun. Yeah. But laser darts 
is a whole other level of it's, skill that you it's need. It's very delightful. A laser... I'm basically just thinking of D&D weapons right yeah. now. <laughs> a laser sling with, like... I feel like there's a way you could do that for, like, a kid's sci-fi. Yeah. I feel like that could be really cool for, like, a children's sci-fi. Anyways. Takahashi hasn't died yet and ends up uh, listening to the fact that his daughter could have been saved and gives up the part of the encryption key that he has, which lets them finally... Well, not actually finally, because they need the third. But this is where we get iced teas. You need to hack your own brain. <laughs> um, Jones is going to help. And they're going to... Hack you. They're going to do gonna it. hack so your own brain. They end up fighting off the last of the Yakuza so that they can hack his brain, and then the street preacher approaches. Oh my god. He feels like, that's what it is. He feels like a JoJo character. I haven't watched very much JoJo. I've only watched, uh, like... He does feel like a JoJo character, though, now that you mention it. Like, I've been trying to place what he it is. He feels like a JoJo character that was randomly dropped into this setting. Nobody else has yeah. this vibe. Just him. Yeah, because that's the thing about this. Like, I could believe that the street preacher is from the same movie as Jones the Cocaine Addicted Hacker Dolphin. <laughs> but I don't feel like he, the street preacher could be from the same movie as yet another action Keanu Reeves. It It's not that I don't see Keanu Reeves in that kind of movie, it's that this specific Keanu Reeves I can't see in that yeah. movie. But yet they are. He kind of fits... Well, no. He's not quite on the same level as dystopian Ice-T. They're, like, parallel, but not quite. And yet they're there. That's the thing about this movie, is, like, so many things I would never have, like, seen together, and yet they are. Yeah. I, I really love just... The amount of weird guys they put in the same setting. Yeah. And boy, are they... There's so many combinations of these weird that I would never have guessed. But either way, the street preacher, he attacks. He's in full Jesus getup. He is on it. He is stabbing. He is crucifying. He is... He is committing violent healing. acts. He is... Uh, Jesus time! Oh, it's and Jesus time. he's... A he gets electrocuted and burnt they to a They tase Jesus. They fucking tase Jesus. And he's like, he's now a prop body. Crispy. A very crispy prop body. Oh my god, he is absolutely charred. So now it's time to hack Johnny's brain. Except for uh, there's a female AI they need to talk to first, who she's been showing up throughout this whole thing. Actually, um, I just didn't bring her up because... It's weird, and I didn't understand what was going on with her, because apparently she is an AI created by someone in the company who died. But... This uh, character also, unfortunately, has the vibe of, she's just there to be the girl. Yeah. She has that 90s glamour. She has that super divined, shimmery lipstick. Yeah. And she just pops up all the time to give slightly conflicting messages to everyone. But she's ultimately the good guy, even though I was seriously waffling on that throughout this whole yeah. thing. She has a lot of lore, but, like, very little actual yeah. character. 
It's weird. Which is why I kept She's forgetting. just the sexy, sexy computer She's a ghost. sexy lamb. <laughs> she, she, oh. Because she's just straight 90s glamour. Yeah. I just keep thinking about the lipstick. Like, I see her in my brain, and I just see that, like, yeah. that super low contrast, blurred out beauty filter, hyper defined, shimmery lipstick. She literally is just there to be Goral. And she is Goral. She is beautiful Goral. But she's just girl. She's just girl. So, but she's here now. Which is disappointing because uh, she could have been that girl, but she's Yeah, not. she's not that girl. She could have been so much. With the way that they introduced her, they uh, they established her as the that girl kind of character. They just didn't write her like that. They wrote her as just girl. And, like, I, I feel robbed. I feel robbed. She she is just sexy computer program. She she is sexy AI. That's yeah. She's she is supermodel glamazon AI. Yeah. Just girl. That that's what it is. She's like nineties glamazon gorgeous, gorgeous girl. And that's it. <laughs> um gorgeous, gorgeous girls encrypting data to cure the world in a dystopia. Oh yay. We don't need actual character writing. We have Goral. Look at Goral. Honestly, I don't feel like there's much character writing outside it's, of There a really few isn't, honestly. And the rest is just the actors giving their all. I think that's why I like Jesus Man so much, because this guy has he has a character. Yeah, he is the vibe. He is one of the characters ever. He is the most character of characters I have ever seen character. Yeah. In a way that makes it strange when he's that's what it is that's what it is with everyone else because like he is one of the ones who is just sort of there a lot of them we get some kind of story about like even dystopian iced tea we know he's an old friend of jane's but yeah we don't get any explanation for jesus man the street preacher literally just takahashi calls him in and that's it He's in. He's gonna kill Johnny. He just shows up to be a problem and that's it. <laughs> and I love that because literally, like, no, literally, his introduction is like, he looks like he's uh, just some literal street preacher just walking through the street, maybe a little strung out, talking to the oncoming van, and then, oh god, they hit him. Oh, he's just rolling. Oh, okay, they're going. And he's up now. Don't worry about it. He also has a shepherd hook. And yeah. I almost lost my sleep because I love a good shepherd hook gag. You know, pulling off the stage. Mm -hmm. And they do that with Johnny and the Jesus Man. <laughs> they sound Johnny and the Jesus Man sounds like a musical. It really does. I feel like I would see Neil Patrick Harris in that. Yeah. Like, on Broadway, Neil Patrick Harris... <laughs> Johnny and the Jesus Man. What a strange <laughs> Hugh Jackman characters we have to deal with in this one. I feel like Hugh Jackman would be the Jesus Man and Neil Patrick Harris would be Johnny. Yeah. I feel like it would be... I, I don't really know a lot of classic um, musicals. The only classic musicals I know are like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and Brigadoon. Well, that's more than I know. I, I don't... 
I don't really have anything to compare it to, but I feel like it would be a very old, old school mm-hmm. musical. Johnny and the Jesus Man. Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, Jesus Man is dealt with. If we get back to hacking the brain, and they try with the female Glamazon AI's help. Oh my god, did they try? Oh, and they are able to decrypt the data, to which dystopian Ice-T pulls an eyes wide open and gets on the TV like, hey guys, we're gonna broadcast this to you, and they broadcast the cure over all the screens in all of the world. Yeah. Okay, this makes sense now. Okay, because we are reading off the Wikipedia for this summer. Because while we were watching the movie, we had no idea what was going on. Because we just do that. We read summaries off to keep ourselves on track for everyone. It's just whether it's Wikipedia or IMDb. Wherever we can find one. The AI is revealed to be a virtual version of Johnny's mother, who founded Pharmacom and was the angered by the company's actions. I completely missed this. I I also completely missed that, actually. I feel like it was... It was in the last 13 minutes of the movie, I think, when we were just like, there's 13 minutes left, what's gonna happen next? Yeah, because literally, as soon as the fighting ended, we checked the time, 13 minutes. How are there 13 minutes left to fill? Yeah. How? And that was how. We just completely missed it. Yeah. Dystopian Ice-T transmits the cure everywhere, and... Uh, Johnny and Jane and everyone else, after the transmission, and Johnny looks like he's dead, but he's not actually. Yeah. They go off and they watch, and it looks like Pharmacom's caught on fire? Question mark? Yeah, not sure what the deal was with that, either. They specify on Wikipedia, quote-unquote, from the public outcry, so did they get bombed? I think immediately? they just got- I I think they did. I think they just immediately got hit with a riot and people started arsoning the building. Yeah. Even though it had literally been, like, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. And the movie ends in another moment where it feels like, why is this in this movie? This feels so out of place, but I love it. It looks like the crispy street preacher is getting up a la Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, Jesus boy And Johnny back. and Jane look back over their shoulder, and dystopian iced tea is just like, hey, get that out of here. And it turns out it's being picked up by, like, a crane. Yeah, he's getting thrown in the trash. And they throw it out the window. They throw him... They throw him in the water. I don't think we've seen the last of Jesus, yeah. man. They just threw him, and the movie ends. They just throw him away! They throw him out! They throw his crispy bacon corpse out into the fucking harbor! I- 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 This is one of the movies ever. This is- this is definitely the most movie ever. This is the most movie I've ever watched. (laughs) This- this is probably the most movie of movies to ever movie. It's- there's- this is definitely one of the candidates for the Everything Happens So Much Award. But I will say, everyone who I have heard say that this movie is not good, like, I've heard that from many of the reviews I've watched of it, uh, like, 
whatever the comparison to the short story was that I watched. I've always heard that and in other reviews, like, you know, it's not that good. It's pretty all like you know it's all over the place you know, it's really hard to follow There's so the reviews are written Johnny by a bunch starts... of cowards then, yeah is what you're saying because this is the best movie i've ever watched it's despite great. everything we're saying that might not sound good because it's just it's a movie it's a fun experience it sure to is watch. a movie there sure are characters it's still good the people who think that it's not a good movie just because it's chaotic just don't know how to have fun that's what i think legitimately like don't know how to have a good time because this movie i feel like also watching it now after 2021 when they actually predicted quite a lot yeah they got a Um, little too close for comfort oh and that's not even the last of the sci-fi we're gonna watch that does that gross because the the show i was talking about eyes wide shut that's from dark angel that's from 2000 and it takes place in 2020 2021 oh, also no. and it also Aren't not there? here's the thing it both pre- gets scary right a lot of current day stuff but it also and i'm just going to plant this now so everyone sticks around to the end of the season for it, predicted 9-11 months before it happened. Ooh. And the effect it was about to have on society and the lives of brown people. Ooh. That's going to be a thing. That is The unknowable guest is probably going to join us for that. Oh, boy. So, Getting the band back together. One other thing that this movie predicted pretty well that, like, kind of caught me off guard is there is a point where, when they're trying to get around, they are traveling through a mall. And it is not a mall anymore. It's it's just a leftover empty mall. mall. Yeah, but it's a dead mall. And it's just full of homeless people squatting. Yeah, um, as you do when there's a dead mole. Like, yeah, and it's moments like that with this movie where I just kind of have to sit there like, what? This looks like it. I, okay, I did not know what year this was produced when I was watching yeah. this. And that made it interesting to watch. Because, like, obviously, we're watching it for the, like, the mm-hmm. podcast. It's an old thing. But I, I did not know that this was from 1995. Yeah. I thought it was from, like, 2001 or, like, 2002 or something No. Like that. No. The, the CGI is too bad. Yeah. But, like, I, I didn't know, and that made it a very interesting experience watching it and being like, what year is it? Mm-hmm. What year did this come from? What year of brains put this together? I will say, I think the best way to summarize this movie is this is Repo the Genetic Opera meets Fifth Element. I think that is the best way to describe this. There was a very interesting moment where there was like, um, there was some kind of opera singing going on in the background. And I think you and I both thought this at the exact same time. I didn't say anything, but you, you mentioned, you were just like, this feels like Repo. It was when Jane was trying to get a job with Ralphie and like get him as a bodyguard agent, which is apparently a thing. And his bodyguards are very, very sexy. This is the sexy, sexy dystopia society oh Um, it's very sexy (laughs) that's going to be a theme throughout this season of dystopias is the okay okay hang on sexy dystopia (laughs) 
this movie feels like Repo without the goth. Yeah. It it's okay, no 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 no. What it is, it is not Repo without the goth, it is Repo with an old goth. This is like a pre goth uh new age what was it called? Like new age? One sec. My mom's it's, it's not quite cyber goth, but if cyber goth had been a bigger thing when this came out, I have a feeling it actually uh I think cyber goth was a pretty big thing in the nineties. I will be right back. I need to confirm okay. with my mother who was alive back then. D- who was a human person back then. I can't remember something, so I need to ask you. It is about old goth. Okay. Before it was called goth. I had to confirm, because I couldn't quite remember. Yep. Alright, I have confirmed. So, What's the yes. scoop? Okay, I, I've confirmed. So I, this is my statement. Johnny Pneumatic is not Repo without the goth. Johnny Pneumatic is New Wave Repo. And New Wave is goth. New Wave It's a different flavor of goth. New Wave is what goth was called right before goth became the standard name Mm. for it. Because, yeah, that's what it is. It is not that it is not goth it is that it is pre-repo goth because repo is a very specific (laughs) mid to late 2000s that vibe this is mid 90s that's a decade apart in goth time it's still holding on to those last grasps of new wave that's what it is that's the vibe i love new wave oh my god i'm glad i'm seeing it get popular again it might just be a me thing. It might just be a you thing. Yep. Anyways. That's algorithms, baby. Sometimes it is a you thing.
Next time on You Got to Know. Next, oh god. The bees! The bees episode. Oh my god, not the bees. Oh yeah. god, they're in my eyes. They had an episode exactly like this in Panty and Stalking. I'm not even joking. There's an episode just like this in Smallville! Everybody does a Queen Bee high school episode. It's such a good concept. Also, like, I don't think I've ever met a single person in high school who actually fit the Queen Bee archetype. Yeah. I'm beginning to think a lot of these people just knew very unpleasant people in high school for this to be such a trend. Cause no, there was definitely some people we went to high school with that could have fallen into this archetype. It's just that they weren't- They were nice. They- <laughs> Some of them were. I wouldn't go that far. Um... <laughs> I would never call you nice. Are you freaking kidding me? I didn't have to put up with you. Yeah. So, like, maybe the bees were allergic to me. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. Anyways, um... Thank you for listening to You Got to Know. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Music by Kevin McLeod.